Welcome to your success tonic. If you're ready to explore what it would mean to step into your boldest, most exciting vision of success, then you're in the right place. Welcome to your success tonic. Today, I have a very special episode for you. I have invited not just one guest, but four. So each of these amazing coaches has a different area of expertise. And yet the five of us all have something very special in common. We're all passionate about energy leadership. And we've come together to talk to you about it today. We've all used it as a tool in our coaching practices and in our lives, and we cannot wait to talk to you about it. But before we dive in, a little bit about these four amazing guests. Michael Multari is a former educator turned coach who sold all of his possessions to start a travel company in Colombia, which eventually led him to coaching. Shana Bergman, a passionate and results-oriented coach, who empowers individuals to unlock their potential and achieve deeper meaning in their personal and professional lives. And then there's Aaliyah Levinson, who's a coach who helps driven individuals leverage their strengths and their natural gifts to grow their businesses and find success. And Rachel Kurakos, a founder of a coaching and consulting practice who helps individuals and organizations navigate transition and change. Each of them brings a unique perspective and expertise to our discussion today. Welcome, everyone. Hello. It's good to see everyone. <laughs> so I invited you all because we all know how powerful energy leadership is, but I want to kick off the discussion by asking you, Shana, can you tell us what is energy leadership? Yes, I'd be happy to. So it is the concept of being able to be at choice with how you operate and show up in the world. And if you think about it, you know, we come to the table with engagement, motivation, confidence. And when we're at our best, those things are working for us. But when we're stressed, when we're feeling overwhelmed in some way, those things that are normally working for us get compromised. And so being able to understand how we can access how we operate at our best and what works best for us, that's energy leadership right there. Oh, beautifully put. Thank you, Shana. And um, Michael, would you say that energy leadership is just about having a positive attitude or would you define it differently? Yeah, um, positive attitude is great. Um, but the one thing that I would add to what Shana said is about the choice, which I, I so prescribe to, is a conscious choice. And how we how we go about being leaders is really thinking about, you know, consciously, how do I show up, as Shana said? And, you know, like, why? You know, am I having a bad day? Like, it, having a positive attitude, I could still have be having a bad day. But I think it's important to understand, like, okay, where's that coming from? What can I do as a leader to um, to be authentic and to let people know that this is where I'm at today and just be honest? Mm. Yes. I love that, emphasizing that concept of choice, because that's really the heart of it, right, is that we can we can be having a bad day and we can choose to show up in a different way. Um, so... 
in the um, the model of energy leadership, there are seven levels, and they're all characterized by a different mindset and a way of thinking. And it's actually a very useful tool for leaders um, who want to motivate not just themselves, but their teams as well. Um, so I'm wondering if any of you would like to jump in and talk about your experience with having used this in a, maybe a corporate or team setting. I'd be happy to chime, chime in on this one, Natalie. Thank you, Rachel. Um, so I, you, you are welcome. Um, I've used energy leadership with an organization where I was kind of working with the top band of the leadership team. So it was the board, the executive leadership team, um, and the uh, C-suite of the organization. And this company was going through a really big culture transformation. And what they recognized when they were going through this change was that, that um, a lot of the challenges, a lot of the culture that they were trying to shift came from the behaviors of the leaders at the top of the organization, not maliciously, but of course people are people and what happens at the top usually infiltrates organizations. And so what, um, how I use energy leadership was I pretty much use it as a tool to create behavior change. And it was based on the premise and the theory behind energy leadership, which says that if you understand the perspective that you hold about a specific situation or something, that then you can you can understand how that influences how you think, which influences how you feel, which influences how you act. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when leaders and people are trying to make a change, they focus on the act component of oh, it. Oh yeah. And while that's val that while that's valuable and you will certainly make some changes near term, when you're actually looking at changing or transitioning how you see the world or how you lead, um, focusing on the act is actually a short-term method that makes a change right away, but it's not necessarily sustainable or authentic. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is we all kind of know if we're thinking about cultures as an organization or if we're thinking about how to be a good leader. I bet anyone listening to this, everyone in this room could certainly list 10 things that a good leader does. But there's a huge difference between kind of knowing things and then doing them. And it's easy to do. It's easy to understand what needs to happen, but in order to make a real change, you have to make change at the level of perspective. And so the work that I did with this organization with these leaders was a mix of coaching and then kind of group facilitating and group coaching. So it was one-to-one and group coaching where we worked to raise their self-awareness, like Michael said, where we focused on um, that consciousness of of yourself in order to make that conscious choice. And what what the what we learned was these leaders, while they were incredible leaders, um, there was a big gap between how self aware they were of of what they were doing, how that influenced others. And so we worked. We used energy leadership to create the change at the level of perspective, so that how they thought, how they felt, and how they acted eventually started to change. So it was quite deep work. It allowed for sustainable change that was not only um, infiltrating the organization, but it was really authentic to the leaders as they were. So powerful. So, so powerful. Um, and I think, yeah, there's, there's when you start to think about it on a group level, on a team level, you start to see, you know, just, the potential of the ripple effect of what it means to show up um, in 
in a way that you you aspire to be and then how that actually then impacts so many more people and it just kind of keeps going out from there which I think is just so inspiring so thank you Rachel for sharing that you're welcome. And to add to, to that point, you know, one of the premises of energy leadership is that, that energy is contagious. And so when yes. we think of the group, yes, we want to shift the energy of the group, but all it takes is a couple people committing to shifting the energy or to leading the energy, the perspective of the group. And one by one, you see this domino effect. So it's actually, I think one of the reasons I wholeheartedly believe in energy leadership is it's a really powerful tool that can start at the individual, but have a massive domino effect on the people around in team settings yeah and my experience of of it in a team was you know that increase in positive and collaborative thinking really and that increase in in creativity because then you you don't feel so threatened by other people's ideas and input and you're you're just coming at it in a in a much more kind of open open mindset so I love it um so, Leah, I would love to hear from you. And um, the question I have for you is, what would you say is the importance of managing your energy in this rapidly changing world right now? How can we use energy leadership to help us navigate that? Yeah, great question. Um, I think that it's almost like something that you can hold on to as we've all been calling it a tool. It is a tool that you can tap into and really recognize, okay, what is my perspective on this topic? Is there another way for me to come in to see it in a way that would benefit not just me, but other people? Like, are there any other perspectives that I can think about or try on? You know, a lot of times I tell my clients like, What's another way that you could look at it? And it's so funny because I think for so many of us, you know, we want to look at it the one way because it feels right a lot of times, like our natural way of of looking at things and seeing the world or seeing an experience or another person. But if it's not benefiting us or helping us, it really behooves us to think about, you know, what else might be available to us. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about energy leadership. And now I'm forgetting where your question started, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think just having it as that anchor is has been so valuable to so many people, myself included. Right. Yes. Yeah, so my question was how we use it to navigate like this rapidly evolving world, right? Which throws the things at us every day that are that are challenging. Right. So you answered it perfectly. <laughs> we really yeah, and use it to ground um, ourselves. Totally. And I'll just add, like you were saying with the seven different perspectives, once you know these perspectives, you, you can be at choice and say like, oh, okay, I'm at, you know, this perspective. I feel like I'm at the effect of things. Everything's happening to me. Um, and this just, you know, sucks <laughs> versus how can I tap into a space where like I'm in control of things. I'm making things happen perhaps, or where I'm caring about others and how would that change things? And it's just, um, I think like Michael was talking about at the beginning, being able to make that conscious choice is, uh, you know, it's, it's life shifting. It, it really is life shifting. I mean, I think that's why we're all here as coaches. It's because we're like, we're so passionate about it. Yes, absolutely. No, I would just add one of the, what you're saying, Lee, is the power of curiosity 
right? As leaders, if, if we remain curious, um, so many times with people that, you know, whether when I was working um, in schools or especially in academia, but with others, like those who are leaders, the best ones are the ones that re remain curious. They don't have to be the person in the room that knows all the answers. But it's like, you know, what can, where are my blind spots, right? Think through curiosity and surrounding yourself with people who are also curious. I, I don't know. I just see that there's a, there's a greater dynamic there when, when you allow the space for, for that creativity, that curiosity to take place. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think? What do you all think about that? I would just quit chime in that I completely agree with that, especially in this like, I need to know everything sort of <laughs> age that we see on social media and people are, you know, they want to, to be in, in, you know, the one who knows. And, you know, sometimes that can, you know, shake us and make us feel like, well, we need to know. But I think what you're saying with the curiosity piece is, is invaluable. Like if we just have that stance of curiosity, everything shifts and opens up. I agree. And I'll add to, you know, I work primarily with parents who are in executive and leadership roles. And you guys can probably appreciate, especially as parents, myself included, we have to have all the answers. We know exactly what our kids should be doing and what our spouses should be doing and what everybody should be doing. And it's funny when you sort of find that person who has that mix of being a parent and being a leader and coming from, to your, your point, Aaliyah, that that space of, I have to have the answers and when they start to open up and say, if I didn't, what could be possible for me? And it's like all of a sudden their world is just completely different. And I think that's why we are also touched by this like best kept secret that we want everybody to know about, right? It's because we have experienced the power of it. I know my life has shifted. I, I used to try the assessment on my husband when I was learning it and like, we speak in that language now. What level are you experiencing right now? <laughs> and it shifts how we operate with our kids. It shifts how we operate in our family and our businesses just because of this amazing tool that we all have at our fingertips now. Mm. Yes, it is an amazing tool. And you touched on something, Shana, uh, well, on several amazing things. But one of the things you just mentioned is the assessment. And one of the aspects of the assessment that's interesting is that you get two different results to look at. And I'm wondering, Rachel, if you could speak to that, what are the two different aspects of the results? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be thrilled to. So what the assessment is capturing, so I guess to back up for people who are listening who are less familiar with energy leadership is um, it's what it does is it takes, it's measuring the perspectives that you hold about the world and about things around you when you're in a normal state and then how those perspectives change when you experience a stress. And the reason that this is so important to understand about yourself is we kind of go about our days when, you know, as we operate and we see things in a certain way where, you know, maybe you're walking down the street and you're open, you're smiling at strangers, having a grand old time. And then something happens. There's always going to be stressors or stimuli or things that happen around you in your world. And I imagine this resonates with many, many of you, but when that happens, the way that you see the world completely changes. So say you're walking on the street, having a grand old time, and you step in a puddle. It, it had been raining and your shoe gets totally wet. You're then going to be like, oh no, I'm all wet. And you start to kind of shift the perspective of how you see the world. And if you can understand 
both your those states about yourself and then how to manage yourself when you're in those states and have that awareness and that consciousness that we've been talking about in those states, it gives you the tool or the ability to start to make that choice of, is this how I want to feel? Mm-hmm. So you can step in the puddle and say, oh no, gosh, I got to go get new shoes and my day is ruined and I'm going to be late to my meeting, et cetera. Or you can step in the puddle and say, huh, better, better look around a, a bit more at where I'm walking. Gosh, I should pay attention. Let me put my phone away. Yeah. And oh, my shoes wet. All right, let me go into a coffee shop. Let me just get some, you know, you can have the same experience and have totally different perceptions of it. And so what the assessment measures is it's a series of it's a series of questions that you answer. And what it does is it captures your perspectives on a normal day and in a stressed state. And then as we've been mentioning these levels of energy, you know, these seven different levels, what it's doing is it's helping you identify what your typical tendencies are. And why it's so powerful is you once you know this about yourself, you have all the tools that you need to start to shift shift your perspective in certain areas of your life if you want to mm-hmm. well said yeah i love that if you want to you if you want, want to love it yeah. Yes. Good. <laughs> yeah i had i had this i'll give an example to those listening like i had this inaction just last week i was with my son and we were getting ready to go out for a hike and, and it was getting uh, he was going to go do uh, a bike ride later. So we went out to fix his bike. We were so happy. It was a day off. It was just the two of us. We were just so happy. We walk out of the house and he pulls the door behind him. And I realized that we're locked out of our home. And yeah, I had that moment where I was panic. It, everything was the worst. <laughs> I was just like, oh my goodness. And then it went very quickly. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. I am choosing something else. And I went really rapidly into where's the, what are the possibilities here? What's the opportunity here? Who can we connect with? How can we make this work? You know, and then we ended up doing some, something completely different. We had to go and hang out in a coffee shop and do other things while we waited till somebody was able to bail us out. Our, our day did not go as planned. But we had the best time. We connected with a bunch of people. Uh, We then had a really fun evening with people that we, you know, just decided to invite over because they'd come and helped us out. So, yeah, you can choose and and totally go with the adverse situation and, you know, make it choose to think of it as as directing you in 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 a better in a better way. Right. When you have this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Natalie, full disclosure, I yeah. don't know what it's like for you, but that's hard. I just want the people listening <laughs> like, to make those shifts and to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to search for the opportunities. I, I, it's, a, it's a constant struggle, right? Yeah, it but it's one, of those, it's one of those learning opportunities. It's that place where I want to grow. Right. And and I I forgot who said it, but it's your choice. Right. It's like you get to decide, do I do I want to be angry and, you know, yell at my child or. Do I want to hit the pause button? And like you said, what are the opportunities here? Right. (laughs) And and just through practicing and practicing, it's I don't know. For me, it's just a. Every time one of those opportunities comes along, 
it makes me feel better that I didn't drop down to a level one or a level two, right? That I was able to like, okay, I can handle this. But I don't know about you guys. You know, I, it, it was it was hard. Or it, is, it continues it is, to be it is. a challenge. It is, especially like if you're like me, I, you know, I, I have a tendency towards anxiety, you know, then it's hard, right? If you're an anxious person and something really anxiety provoking happens that changes how you feel about your state in the world, it's very hard to then switch. And so it's practice that helps for that. Like you said, Michael. I always tell my clients it's a muscle. I tell them like, you know, you can't go and start lifting a hundred pounds if you've never lifted before. So try it out, try it out, try one pound and see how it goes. And then the next day, the next time it happens, try five pounds and see how it goes. And all of a sudden it starts to be being because you can access it much easier and as hard as it can feel in the beginning it gets easier over time the more that we're willing to try and experience choice another way yeah yeah i I was going to add natalie to what you were saying like it was probably without assuming really powerful for your son to be able to see you go into solution mode right and it's like if you're, you have all these solutions then available to you, like seven, right. (laughs) Then he gets to see, Oh, right. Like there's different options for when things happen, you get locked out of your house. A friend calls you a name, right? Like there's always a solution there. And I just think that's, um, as we were talking about in the beginning, like energy is contagious, especially for parents. Like you were saying, Shana, too, like so important for our kids to be able to see and experience that and then like take it on themselves potentially. Yeah. Yeah. And with teenagers, you know, uh, that's, that's a very important thing. Teenagers do tend towards that black and white thinking. Um, that's their natural state of being and so it's, it can be it can be hard you know uh, for them so yeah I think you're right so giving them options allowing them to see that there's there's multiple ways of responding to situations and or difficulties like being bullied or um yeah something ugly happening um, I, I also think adults, I mean, we're talking about teenagers and I think it's true. And I think for, for teens and, and younger people, um, it's particularly relevant for that black and white thinking because they're trying to form their sense of self, right? So they need to kind of understand they're, they're like kind of pulling themselves together as adults and how they see the world. But I think it's really important to recognize like adults are this, adults are just grown up teenagers. And if some of these things are happening in the teenage years, those beliefs and those perspectives lock in as you kind of progress in your career, or progress in your life or become a parent. And um, that, that's also why I think energy leadership is so powerful, because no matter where you are in your life, it's relevant. And it's not intended to say this is how you see the world and that it's actually it helps people say, oh, wow, I've seen the world this way for, for a long time. And I didn't realize I had these other choices available to me. And, and I, I, sh- I want to, I feel important that it's important to overlay that because, you know, the people I were coaching were in their 50s, 60s and we're, we're learning about themselves and saying, oh, wow, I didn't realize I could choose how I show up in this way. Mm-hmm. But now that I can, I will. Mm-hmm. And though it's, you know, whether you're a teen or a, as I call it, a cooked adult, you know, I think there's, there's always an opportunity to reflect and to grow via energy leadership and many other ways too. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, uh, 
I was having a conversation with um, uh, a woman who has had an incredible career in public speaking, um, in public health, um, and um, has worked with with UNICEF and, and just done just incredible things with her life. And I introduced her to the concept of energy leadership, and she was just like, "Why didn't I know about this sooner?" You know, but now she's embraced it wholeheartedly, and she's just like, "This is incredible." So yes, Rachel, there is no age limit for for embracing it and and learning and using it. So thank you for pointing that out. So who would like to share um, how they've used energy leadership in their lives in a way that has been supportive or transformative? Um, I shared a story um, for, of myself. Anyone else have some, some example? Well, I'll just dive in since this, this resonated me, with me when you said anxiety. I definitely have been challenged by anxiety. I think a lot of my at least a lot of my clients have struggle sometimes with anxious thoughts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that having, strangely enough, I've found that having this tool really helps those who do struggle with anxiety because it opens a different portal for being able to make different choices. Um, I know for me, when I first started growing my business, there was a lot, and I know you talk about this too, Natalie, with like visibility and sharing your story and, you know, um, connecting with people and talking to people about what you do was really challenging um, in a lot of different ways for me. Mm -hmm. um, I remember I had a coach who helped me get visible and go on video, which was something that was like so I was like, I'll never do that. Like, I'm not doing that. That's in the no market. Ever. Right. And years later, I'm, you know, speaking and on video and doing all these different kinds of things. And energy leadership has been instrumental in that shift because I realized that I was making a choice at a certain level and that there were all these different ways of thinking about it. One of them being there are so many people out there who could benefit from things like coaching and energy leadership. And if I hold myself back and don't show up in the way that like I just am, then I'm not helping those other people. And that perspective gave me such a push to be able to say, this isn't about you, <laughs> you know, and it is scary, but like, are you going to face that fear for everyone who could benefit or not? And ultimately like doing that was the best choice I could have made also for myself as well as everyone who I think, you know, I've been fortunate enough to connect with. Yeah. I feel I like, that story. Yeah, I do too. Uh, <laughs> it probably resonates with all of us, right? I feel like it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to step up, but we feel like uh, a calling almost to do it, right? That we want to help as many people as possible. How about you, Michael? How do you use, energy leadership in your own life? I think it's it, it comes down to what we were talking about prior, choice. Yeah. Right? I think we all want the freedom to be able to choose many things. And what great freedom is there than to choose the way you show up on a daily basis? And, and so for me, and sharing with, with clients is, you know, we based on the seven levels, we have these seven choices. And, and it's okay to show up 
you know, a- angry. It is. Absolutely. And it's like, have, but how, do I want to stay there? Right. Now, do I want to, do I want to choose to stay there? And making that conscious effort to raise myself so I can be a better leader, a more effective communicator. Um, I think one for me, the, the whole notion is that, yes, this stuff is challenging and the reward is so worth it. A, and then B, with sharing with clients, it's like great leaders don't want to be just okay leaders. They want to be great. And so what better way than to invest in yourself um, and say like, this is, I want to show up differently for not only my company, but the people in which I serve. And, and and I just think that there's a lot of empowerment behind that. And again, like the freedom to choose, that's really the only Thing we have control of. And so um, I think that resonates with leaders when you talk to them about, you know, what are the things that upset you? And then they start listing all these things. And it's like, well, what can you control? And they're like, nothing. So what better way to control is yourself and, and, and how you show up? Yes. Yes. And there's so much freedom on the other side of that, like you said, Michael, you know, Instead of being stuck replaying old patterns and just having these these just gut reactions to things like, yeah, you have that normal reaction of anger or frustration or defeat maybe even. But once you've had that, there's some other options after, after that available to you. Yeah. Yeah. And you provided a great example when you were talking about with your son, right? You were like, this is, I have choice and age agency. And I think that's something that, if we think about it, that's really what we want for ourselves is to, to, to have that agency. Yeah. So how about you, Shano? Do you have any final thoughts to help us wrap up this conversation? Any other insights you'd like to share? Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll provide sort of kind of where this, I see this in my life, where I've seen it be just totally instrumental in how I've lived my life. And that is, I used to live at level three. And for listeners that don't know, that's the like, everything's fine. It's good enough. I'm tolerating things level. And I thought things were great with that. Like, I didn't realize that there was something else beyond that. And like, I joke, it's like the hashtag blessed level. Like, it's fine. I should be grateful for the things I have. And I lived that way for so long. And when I was in the process of leaving my corporate life to form this dream business of mine to be a coach... And learning the energy leadership concept at the same time, it was like all of a sudden I realized it's beneficial sometimes for me to get out of my people-pleasing mode and drop into level two and feel angry sometimes and show that anger and be done with it and get it out of the way instead of holding on to it and just making making do. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, now it's like I live in the space of opportunity and joy and wisdom and collaboration and how can we all walk out of this feeling great and like what a vibrant life that is. And so I think it just kind of comes back to like what we're all sharing, which is like, this is such a powerful way to start to look at how you have that choice that Michael's talking about, the seven choices that Aliyah's talking about, right? Everything that Rachel's saying too, is it relates to all all the ways that you can just use this and how it can transform and shift how you operate and and the impact because of that contagious energy that it has on everybody else, that beautiful ripple effect that we were talking about earlier. 
Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Shana, for that. That's a beautiful way of bringing it all together. And I just want to thank you all for being here and sharing your enthusiasm and passion with listeners today. And in the show notes, there will be links to all of your uh, profiles. So if, if you're a listener and you are following up, just do let uh, our wonderful guests know that you heard them on this podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you all. Hey, have you taken the success archetype quiz yet? If not, head on over to storytonic.co to take the quiz and discover how to leverage your unique profile to step into your next vision of success.